everybody. Welcome to That So Original Podcast. I'm Kelly here with my friend Tiffany. Hey, Tiffany, how's it going? It's going. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. This week, we are talking about the movie Shirley. This movie is a biopic about Shirley Jackson, who is an acclaimed horror story writer. And it was supposed to be released in theaters, but due to the whole... COVID-19 thing, it ended up being released on Hulu. So this movie is directed by Josephine Decker, who I have not heard of before and I have not heard of anything else that she has directed. A quick Google search tells me I've not heard anything she's done before either, but she's your typical looks like indie things maybe not everyone's heard of anyway. So she might be up and coming, but it's nice to see a woman woman director. That's great. Good for her. Suffering, my dear. There's not enough scotch in the world for that. <laughs> Shirley, what are you writing now? A little novella. Calling none of your goddamn business. <laughs> well, you were invited to stay here for a few days. Until we can find a place. Shirley has these spells. Just got sick in the head. I read your story. What are you doing in here? It made me feel... Thrillingly horrible. Do you know what it's like to have a secret? What are you up to? That girl. What do you think? Tried and a bit trashy, but uh, give it a go. I like you, Rosie. Can I trust you? I feel like we're in Scottish play. On the verge of madness. What will happen? Let's see your secret looks. Freud would have failed that. I'm counting down from three. Three, two, one. of your dear heroine. What happens to all lost girls? They go mad. Okay, so Tiffany, this was your pick. Uh, answer for your crimes. Why did you pick this movie? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> I regret all of my life choices after watching this, so... Hmm. Okay, if you watch the trailer, which we've we've just played, the trailer is very intriguing. And I love Elizabeth Moss. She's a fabulous on The Handmaid's Tale. She was really good in Invisible Man. Mad Men. I haven't watched Mad Men, but apparently she's really I great in that either, but Apparently she was great, yeah. Yeah, she's really good in that. And then um, Shirley Jackson, I love her. If you're not familiar with Shirley Jackson, she wrote The Haunting of Hill House, which, another, which they turned into another great Netflix series. And she also wrote The Lottery, which is a short story, which um, you probably had to read in sixth grade because I think everybody had to. You would know her if you were to Google Shirley Jackson and all the things she wrote. You would be familiar with some of her work. But it looked like it was going to be really good. It looked like it was going to be great. And it, it was something. It was something. It. This is not going to be our typical deal because this one's kind of all over the place and we will do our best. Yes. Do you want to start us off? Sure. This first little part, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. We open on Shirley, Elizabeth Moss, and she's laying on a bed just like wearing a slip. And she is a hot mess. She's just a mess. From what I've read about actual Shirley Jackson, and they were portraying this part of her life where she was miserable, she was depressed, she was overweight, and she was just unhappy. So we see a little bit of Shirley laying on on this bed, just being a mess. And then we cut to a couple. They're on a train, and the girl is reading the lottery. Her name is Rose. And she turns to the man next to her, and she's, like, a little turned on by the violence of the lottery. So the man next to her is her husband, Fred. She grabs his crotch. They go to the bathroom, and they have sex on the train because that's what we do, apparently. Um, uh, young love. Yeah. I am not familiar with the actress that pay- plays Rose, but the guy who plays Fred is Logan Lerman. He was fantastic in Perks of Being a Wallflower. He was Percy Jackson, if you were into those. My kid was into those movies. Yep. He was yep. also in Fury with our friend Shia LaBeouf. Hello. Ah. Calling it back. 
Well, Rose is played by Odessa Young, who is an Australian actress, which I thought was very interesting. I, I just find it so fascinating that uh, Australian actors and actresses can adopt an an English, you know, an American accent so well and like how Eff- much how freaking hard it is to do an Australian accent. Yeah. I, 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 I was I very impressive. Yeah. I can't do a Southern uh, accent right now for a show, so <laughs> we're doing what we do. I can do. Good day, mate. That's, there you go. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Hold your applause till the end. Raise the uh, blades. Raise the blades. blades. Yeah. So she's been in a, a bunch of stuff I haven't ever heard of either. I think of the same vein as the director, some indie stuff, but she, I, you know, she's great. Okay. So the, the woman and her husband are off the train. They're walking around town. They walk up to a house. Carrying a cake. They're just carrying a cake through oh, town. Oh yeah. Just carrying a cake around. Yeah. Uh, there's people around this house everywhere. Fred greets someone who he calls Professor, who is played by Michael Stolbarg. He who is has been, so good. He, he was excellent. He was excellent. He's been in Boardwalk Empire, The Shape of Water, and Men in Black 3. Just, you know, um, for fun. No, he is best known and should have got an Oscar for Call Me By Your Name. He should have won oh, the freaking Oscar. Oh, it's so good. Anywho. Okay, so Fred is led away and Rose is kind of left alone walking among all these people who are in the house and milling around and gathered around Shirley, who is sitting on a couch talking about a story that she wrote that was the most reviled story the New Yorker has ever printed. And I'm assuming she's talking about the lottery. Maybe? Uh, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm, I Because she's written a lot of stuff i think was reviled in in her time the the lottery was written in 1948 which i didn't realize it it was written so long ago because to me it's a tv movie that stars carrie russell that like completely messed me up (laughs) that movie is wild so anyway this woman is married to the professor and they're talking about how they first met and they've been together now for about 20 years And the professor says that he read that story, the one that the New Yorker hated, and he said, I'm going to marry the woman who wrote it. So maybe that's um, not, maybe that wasn't the lottery because maybe that was something like very early that she wrote. I don't know. They just sarcastically joke about how they are just suffering together for the rest of their lives. And (laughs) as it'll be very clear, that's all they are doing. They're very, very odd couple. Yeah. I, I just love that somebody asked Shirley about her new book, and she's like, oh, yeah, it's a little novella called None of Your Goddamn Business. And I was like, oh! None ya. So, <laughs> Shirley with the smack. All right. Shirley. Shirley has spunk, for sure. Yeah, Shirley's just kind of holding court in this room. They're talking about literature and anti-Semitism, and Shirley walks away. She's very drunk, and she's going upstairs to bed, and Rose is kind of stalking after her because Rose is, you know, a super fan. So she's got to talk to her and introduce herself. And she's like, um, Shirley, hi, I'm, and Shirley just cuts her out and says, Betty, Debbie, Kathy, you're all the same to me. Not interested. <laughs> and Rose's like, no, um, Fred and I are staying with you and Stanley for a few days while we, you know, figure things out because he's going to be, what is, is he like a TA for Stanley? He's, he's a, that, that's what I assumed. He was like a TA. Yeah. He's just, he's, he's in school to become a professor himself. Blurdity, blurdity. Shirley turns around, looks Rose up and down and says, no one said you were pregnant. And Rose is shocked. Capital letters shocked. Because they haven't told anyone yet. How could she possibly know? And Rose is like, well, um, uh, I read the lottery and it made me feel thrillingly horrible. And Shirley's like, yeah, I don't give a shit. And goes to bed because she's just a mess. A hot mess. I said she was like, she's like, yeah, I know. And then she just <laughs> She's like, I know. Everyone's told me. Go to bed. Yeah. As in the New Yorker, if you don't remember. <laughs> so the next day we're in Professor, and his name is Stanley Hyman. Yeah. Professor Stanley Hyman's class. And I don't know what he teaches, but there are a lot of young girls in this class, and he is playing music. He's teaching, he teaches myth and folklore. Well, I don't know how that relates to this music is what I'm saying. Like he's, every time we're in his class, he's playing some kind of because folklore I th- music, I, I guess. I think it's because it's like storytelling. I don't, I, I took myth and folklore in college. Thank you very much. Wow, um, so, but me. I took, I took African myth and folklore because that's what I was into. But anywho. Yeah, I get it. I get that. I I was not put off by the weird music. That was like, oh yeah, that's part of the class. So 
Well, if- you know what I was thinking, actually, further on in this movie, I was like, I bet the soundtrack to this would actually be pretty decent because yeah. the, the music was music was kind of fun. Yeah, some, anyway. it was some bluegrassy kind of mm-hmm. thing to it. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I liked it. So Fred and Rose approach Professor Hyman after class is out and he asks for a favor. He says that Shirley goes through these bouts of not being able to keep up with the housework and the shopping and the cooking and their housekeeper just quit. So it would be super great if Rose could just do all the things. Kind of like an even trade for free room and board. And Rose is like, sure. And so the professor leaves and she's like what the hell did i just agree to fred says well you can't say no we have to do this and it'll just be for a few days i think it's funny is that back in the in his class it's back in the days where the girls and boys were separated the boys had to sit on one side of the lecture hall the girls had to sit on this other side they weren't allowed to co-mingle in class even and even though fred and rose are married they still had to go by those rules and you can tell that rose from the beginning, we find out that Rose is a, was a student, is a student, was pursuing a college degree herself when she became pregnant. So her being kind of downgraded to being Shirley and Stanley's maid, cook, housekeeper mm-hmm. is a real kick in the nuts. It's, it's, it's like, already I'm pregnant and I don't kind of want to be pregnant because I had, was on a plan and now the plan's changed. But now I got to be these people's servant and that sucks balls. So, yep. there's so much weird, ominous music. I have that written in my yes. notes a lot. Weird, ominous music. Um, <laughs> because Stanley says, you know, I love hot food and hot weather. And I was like, you're a freak. Go away. But weird, ominous music. And then Rose is kind of walking on campus and all the kids around are weird. Like, weird. There's these weird teen girls just, like, hanging out in a tree. And one of them, which I thought was kind of cool, is Victoria Pedretti, who played Nell from Hill House. Oh, I did not yeah. realize that. And she was also, um, if you were love from the show You, but she oh, yeah. she gives Rose this little flirty wink, and uh, as she's walking, she sees a missing persons paper on a pole before she heads back to Shirley's. She's and it's kind of you narrow in on this missing person I don't, flyer, and you know that's going to come back later because there's more ominous music. <laughs> we all know what that means. We get to the house, and Shirley is in bed snoring, and Rose is just peering at her because that's what you do you walk in somebody's house and just stare at them sleeping just creepily stare at them yeah it's fun by the way the house is filthy filthy like gross filthy and so (laughs) rose is in the kitchen and there's things leaking out the refrigerator door and there's dishes piled high in the sink and food in the sink which is the grossest thing i'm sorry that's Mm -hmm. gross and there's Mm -hmm. ominous creaking from upstairs she keeps looking up at the cracks in the ceiling and like, there's a monster upstairs. Well, the monster upstairs is Shirley, and that's kind of mean. So, slow your roll, Rose. <laughs> You're in her house. So, the creaking coming from the ceiling is Stanley and Shirley in the bedroom upstairs. He's trying to get her up and get her dress. And he talks about, oh, well, actually, the, the house is not looking half bad now that Rose is here to clean it. She says, a clean house is evidence of mental inferiority. And I think I should put that on a t-shirt because my house, uh, I'm not saying it looks like Shirley's, but I'm not saying it doesn't. Shirley thinks that Fred and Rose are spies and she doesn't want them in the house. Stanley is telling her, Fred's going to lighten my load with the class so that I can be home with you more often. And of course, Rose is going to take care of all these other things. You know, I'm doing this for you. But it's also clear that he is pretty sick of Shirley's shit, staying in bed all day and letting the house basically become condemnable. He wants her to get better so she can write again. But right now, he just wants to get her up out of the bed and get her dressed for cocktail hour. Magic words, because she is up and dressed. She's like, drinks! Woo! <laughs> She's like, cocktails! Woo! On the air! I love that she says, it's going to be dull. And Stanley comes back immediately and says, I didn't ask you to behave. And you can automatically see <laughs> the relationship oh, yeah, between these two. Smirk. Yeah, he likes to wind her up and she just likes to swing for the fences because she is not a very nice lady. So Shirley comes pounding down the stairs like an elephant down the stairs. And Stanley is at the table talking about sweat lodges and just running his mouth. And Shirley just kind of touches his arm and makes him shut up and turns to Rose and says, so when's the baby due? And Fred's like, uh, baby? 
Book Baby. What, are we talking Book Baby? And I love, Shirley says, oh, was it a surprise? Well, I hope it's yours. And I was like, oh! <laughs> Burn! And they're like, oh, no, it's not due until February. And Shirley, did you tell them you were knocked up before the wedding? And the awkward, the awkward is so, so strong in this, yeah. this poor little dinner. Stanley's like, oh, yeah, Shirley's got a sixth sense about babies. And then the phone starts to ring. And nobody moves. Nobody moves. Ring, 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 ring. And Shirley is just staring daggers at Stanley. So Fred's like, oh, well, I guess I'll get it. And Shirley's like, no. And then she looks at Stanley and says, you promised to take care of it. But meanwhile, Rose is just chugging back wine. I don't, I guess that was a thing that I was all right right then. Yes. Oh my gosh. She smokes. She drinks. I was like, wow. What, what time period is this? Because it, it's pretty pretty crazy well then surely to you know cut the tension after the phone starts ringing it's like so rose you're telling us about your shotgun wedding and rose is like nope i'm out (laughs) screw this i'm out of here and then stanley has to come back with i feel like we're in the scottish play and all i put in my notes was don't say it do not say it don't say it. you have to i can't have to i can't yeah you can't Mm -mm. you can do it Nope. <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the middle of a show. If you know theater, think, mm, nope, not going to say it. So, anyway. All right. Suddenly, Shirley reveals to Stanley that she has a title for her book. It's called Hangs a Man. It's about a missing college girl. Stanley thinks that a story about missing college girls is, quote, trite and a bit trashy. But hey, go for it. He wants to read what she has written in a few days. She says, no, this is a novel. So I think maybe at the time she was writing shorter things. Right. But this is going to be a full-length novel, which he thinks really is too much for her right now. And she says, I can handle it. Don't worry about it. And she also says, if the phone rings one more time during dinner, she's going to, quote, take care of it myself. So we find out that the phone ringing is women calling for Stanley and Shirley isn't here for it. Stanley says he will talk to her. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that it was girls. I think it's it was one, one person. One girl. Mm-hmm. And she's not even a girl. So he puts on a record very loudly to put a stop to Shirley's insults and then he leaves the room. Shirley, not about to let those mashed potatoes go to waste. Picks up the whole bowl and just starts chowing down. And I I really love that part. I was like, good for you, Shirley. Don't let these people ruin your dinner. I have the right before that is I have Shirley is having a panic attack, question mark, because she is just like buzzing, buzzing with anxiety and anger and just, and then she's like, mashed potatoes! And I was like, I feel you, girl. (laughs) I feel you. Carbs fixes everything. <laughs> so Rose and Fred are getting ready for bed, and Rose is saying, "I think Shirley's a monster, and I want to leave." And he's like, "No, this is a great opportunity for me, and it's free room and board. Suck it up because this is where we're staying." I said, "Yeah, it was a great opportunity for coeds to hit on you while your pregnant wife cooks and cleans for a mad woman." Exactly. That'll come back later. And the next morning, Shirley is trying to write while reading from the newspaper article about the missing college girl. And Rose is making breakfast before the men leave for the day. And so gross. Stanley has food all over his face. And he comes up and gives Rose this big sloppy kiss. And I wanted a Ugh. gag. Yes. Gross. Ugh. All in his beard and stuff. Yeah. And then he tells her, look after the missus. And I was like, Ugh. you're gross. <laughs> you're just freaking gross. Once again, Rose is creepily peering at Shirley while she's writing. And as a writer, I get this. She says, you want to see what a writer does? Absolutely nothing. And I was like, oh, I feel you. Solidarity, (laughs) Shirley, because it's hard. It's a hard life. Shirley's telling Rose, I'm a witch. Didn't anyone tell you? I can do a spell for having the baby unless you want a spell for the other thing. And Rose is shocked. She's like, what? How was that? And I was thinking, Shirley can read Rose so well Mm -hmm. already. She's seen this girl that's in a marriage that wasn't the plan. She may love Fred dearly, but she was not planning at this point in her life to be having a baby. She wanted to go to school. Shirley says motherhood comes with a price. So they decide that she decides to give her a tarot card reading. Has her cut the cards and the hanged man comes up not once, not twice, three times. And Shirley is getting visions of her story, the story she wants to write, but the face of the girl has been changed to Rose's face. So Rose has now become kind of her muse, is how do you write about a college girl and not look at the college girl who is living in your house? And how would she react kind of thing? So 
The next little bit I just have is that Shirley is writing longhand on the edge of the tub. She's frantic because she has to get all of it out of her head. And once again, I'm I'm there with you, Shirley. (laughs) So later that night, Rose is laying in bed reading. She falls asleep, but uh, wakes up when Fred comes home drunk. He claims to have been at the Shakespeare Society. And he wants to go directly to bed. He's wasted. He's tired. She tries to entice him with her boobs, which, you know, normally that works, right? Yeah, yeah. That Mm -hmm. works. But not for her tonight. Better luck next time, Rose. She automatically assumes he doesn't want her because she's pregnant. Because she's visibly showing now, so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) My next little bit I have is, okay, WTF is happening. Because there's this weird coven of college girls are back. Yes. They're sucking I was like, on... this is some kind of weird performance. Piece. Yeah, it's dark. They're sucking on their fingers and doing a choreographed dance in the moonlight at the very same tree that Rose saw them earlier. And Fred is on the ground in a fetal position. And I was like, is this a dream? I guess it's a dream. I hope it's a dream. And Rose just goes downstairs and finds Shirley in the kitchen with her head in the fridge. Because <laughs> Shirley is on a mission. And Shirley says she had a dream that mud and worms were oozing out of the fridge. So she's in there just checking, make sure that there's not a, the case. Yeah, there's making sure that's not the end. And, and uh, Shirley said Freud would have a field day with that. Yes. And Rose's like, I've never read him. And Shirley says, well, did you regret jumping out? And Rose's like, I'm keeping up. I'm reading what I can. And after the baby, Fred says I can go back to school. And Shirley's like, wow, he's allowing you. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good for Fred. So progressive. What an upstanding guy. She was asked her, was he at the Shakespeare Society tonight? And Rose was like, he, he's a good man. His parents cut him off when we eloped. He knew that was going to happen, but he married me anyway. Shirley says, well, now you have to prove your worth. That sounds exciting. Like, prove you were worth losing all that money. And then they drink shots together because, you know, Again, pregnant. That's alcohol cool. and pregnancy. It's fine. And Shirley's like, I'm lost. I'm so lost. And she's talking about her story. And she's like, do you know what it's like to have a secret? My secret is I can't write worth a damn. And Rose's like, no, you're great. And Shirley says, no, they talk about me in town. People are afraid to brush up against me. My dark thoughts might infect them. This book will kill me. I can't figure out this girl. And Rose says, well, maybe her disappearing was the only way anyone would notice her. And Shirley just gets this big old smile like... Ding, ding, ding. There's my story. (laughs) So the next day, Rose is scrubbing the stairs. Shirley walks up to her and asks her to run an errand for her. She needs her to run to the campus. Rose says, oh, I don't know. Stanley doesn't want you to be alone, but I'll go with you. Shirley convinces her to go by herself, and she looks like she is in the campus clinic. And when she's alone on the examination table, she jumps up and looks through a file cabinet in the room, grabs a file, stuffs it under her butt. Later back at the house, Shirley is standing by the door and you can see she's thinking about walking out. I I assume Shirley has at least some mild form of agoraphobia. Yeah. So she goes back to her office, right? She decides not to go out. Rose is in the library checking out some books. The librarian, who is married to the dean of the school, invites her over and saying it must be hard to be around that woman. She never leaves the house or the bed for that matter. She's sick in the head. Rose is like, oh, no, no, no. No, she's up and working hard all day. And the lady says, well, I just get my information from Stanley. Ouch. Ouch. Okay. Wow. So Rose is on a lot of errands. It was obviously not just one little thing. So she's now picking up the mail at the post office and she asks the postmaster, Mr. Fisher, if he often gives girls rides in his postal truck. And interspersed with all these conversations that she's having with these people on campus is a voiceover of Shirley writing her novel, which kind of corresponds to Rose's activities and also to scenes of the missing girl who, I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but her name is Paula. Yep. So it was all very, a little muddled at this point, but back to Mr. Fisher, he says he gave Paula a ride because he he's a good person and it was cold. She told him she was going hiking, but he noticed that she didn't have any kind of gear with her that would indicate such. No bags, no food. So he kind of assumed she was meeting someone. 
Yeah, she was wearing those tiny little white sneakers, so those were not hiking yes. shoes. No hiking shoes either, no. So back at the house, Rose walks in to find Shirley on the floor, who, like, completely out of it. And there was a loud crash of thunder, and she's back to reality. She's up now reading through the missing girl's file, and they find out she was seen at the clinic for what they figure must have been a miscarriage not too long before she went missing. And they kind of surmise that if she was meeting someone in the woods or wherever they were going to be meet, meeting, it must have been because this person didn't want to be out in public where someone might, might recognize them. So it must be someone recognizable from the campus, someone with authority, maybe a professor. Yeah, it turns out all these little errands are all about this missing Paula. It was going to get her medical file, going to get, I think the books were actually things for Rose, but then talking to the postmaster about, he was, I think he was the last person to see her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they come up That's with that, that in her medical file, it says she had severe menstrual cramps the last week of November. She didn't go home for the holidays. They assumed she had a miscarriage and a week later she goes missing. And I have my notes, was this girl one of Stanley's pets? And then... That's what I... See where I thought this was going? Yeah, me too. It never goes there. And it says, if... And Shirley says, if you were an accomplished, smart man, and people would pay attention to you, where would you go? And that's why they think that they went to the... Middle of nowhere in the woods. Yeah. So, Rose is in bed with Fred, and he's sleeping and ignoring her, and she's staring at her naked belly. And Shirley's alone in bed, because where is Stanley? We don't know. We don't know where Stanley is because he's never in bed with her. I've never seen him in sleep. I don't think they sleep in the same bed or in the same room. No, I would I would say they didn't. I bet he sleeps in that study of his. Probably. And Shirley is fantasizing about Paula having a miscarriage. And Shirley is in the tub and this bloody woman comes into the room and it's Rose as Paula having a miscarriage. And Shirley reaches out and grabs her hand and... She gets in the tub with her and she just kind of cradles her and holds her like, I think as a character, she's like, okay, I'll share your story. I will, you know, I will take care of you. I will make sure that, the, you know, that's what I got from that. I don't know. It may be just that Shirley's a nut job because. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that, that that was the point where she said, okay, let, let me take care of you. Let me tell the world what happened to you yeah that's lovely tiffany it's weird i don't know (laughs) but then immediately cuts to rose cutting up a chicken and i was like gross oh raw chicken raw chicken is my my thing i hate it she's cooking and then this she gets this little nuzzle on her neck and she's like "Ooh!" and she turns around and it's not fred but it's stanley being a total creeper And he says, it's just the two of us for dinner. Fred's on campus and Shirley doesn't want to eat. And he, she's like, oh, that's okay. I will make, you know, I'll make her some food. And he's like, nope, if Shirley wants to eat, she needs to come to the table. And he's like, obviously, you know, work's not going well. And Rose is like, she's working constantly. And Stanley's like, what do you mean she's working constantly? I haven't read anything yet. And it's almost like he's, he feels like some kind of ownership over what she writes. Like, yes, he's, it's, it's his, and he's not going to let her put anything out that's not good because he has to have first look over it. And I think she's like the whole get out of my room while I'm writing, don't touch my stuff. I think that comes from the invasion of Stanley invading her privacy because I Mm -hmm. don't look at anything I'm writing when I'm in the middle of it because it's not where I want eyes to see it yet. And for him to come in and be all up in her stuff. Yeah. I'd want to knock him out too. So yeah. And he's like, well, you know, I haven't seen anything yet. And Rose's like, there's pages and pages of manuscripts sitting on her desk. And he's like, you can tell the difference between pages and a manuscript. Like, she's so stupid. Like, she couldn't, whatever. I'd, yeah. And Shirley comes walking in. Is there pie? <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> Shirley. Sam was like, well, Rosie says she got half the manuscript done. And she was like, I wonder why she would say that. And I was like, she's pretty much like, shut up, Rose. I don't need him up in yeah. my shit. Daggers. Get out. Get out and I, all I have is, I, I'm like, why is she hiding this from Stanley? Why does he need to see it so badly? I was like, is she writing about Stanley killing this girl? Is he, is she, and that's why he wants to know what she's writing? That's where I thought the story was going. Yeah, me too. Because because I th- think that he knows she's writing about this missing girl. And I was like, ooh, well, if he has something to do with this, like, he would obviously want to know well, how much does she know? What right. direction is she going with this story? Right. That's why I yeah. thought this movie was going. 
Spoiler alert, it's not. <laughs> it's not. So they've had this big fight in Stanley's thing as well, then. I'll just pop over to the Dean's. And I was like, oh, oh fuck you, Stan. Oh, no. <laughs> you're such a dick. Jerk. And she was like, well, say hello to Carolyn. And then Shirley pitches a fit and runs off into the woods. Just like, woo, I'm out the door and I'm into the woods. So Rose chases after her, and first thing I have is Rose is looking rough. She's not the cutie put-together girl when she first arrived at Shirley's house with her curled hair. She's pregnant, she's unhappy, and Shirley's sitting there, and she's like, holds up a mushroom. She's like, death cat mushroom, fatal to anyone who adjusts it. Don't you find it exhilarating? Shirley pretends to eat the mushroom, and Rose is like, no, 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 don't kill yourself, duh! And she's like, that's not a real, it's not real death cat, it's a whatever, butter mushroom or whatever. She's a button mushroom. I don't know. I don't know what mushrooms. Yeah, but maybe button or something. And she's like, the death caps are... I think button. She's like, the death caps are over there. So she picks one out. It picks a mushroom and she says to Rose, do you want to taste it? Split it with me. Shirley takes a bite and Rose freaks out and Shirley laughs. It's not poisonous, you big dummy. And Shirley says, I like you, Rosie. Why would I want to harm you? You could run. Run fast away from me, but you don't. Why won't you? Why do you stay? Can I trust you, Rosie? Or do you want to betray me? And Rose takes a big old bite of the mushrooms. And hello, ominous music. I was like, my comment is they are sharing the secret of craziness and hating their lives and just being lonely. Yes, and having men who don't appreciate them or understand them at all. And I think men that are kind of jealous of them. I think there's there's some jealousy there. I think Fred just keeps Rose around as like a, a pet, you know. Yeah. Like, a, like an accessory. He was She was fun until she got pregnant. Now he feels like I, yep. some yep. duty to her that he now he's not interested. Because she's not the cute, sexy co-ed anymore. She's yeah. pregnant. It was exhilarating being like, screw you to my family. And this I'm going to go off with this gorgeous woman. And now it's like, reality time. Now you're going to have a baby. Yeah. So in the bedroom later with Rose and Fred, he is telling her there might be an opening in the English department in the fall. If Stanley would just loosen the reins and let him be more than a fetch boy, basically. He tries to get into the bed, but he steps on something and he starts freaking out like, oh, something's building a nest. But Rose says, no, 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 no. They're nettles. It's a fertility offering. And he's like, I roll. You're not getting into this bullshit. And then he says, well, maybe it's a hex. But actually, maybe it's working because all of a sudden, he's all about that booty. And she's like, nah, you know what? I'm tired. Why don't you wake me up early? Which, famous last words. That's never going to happen. You go to bed and say, wake me up early. Just forget it. That's a done deal. You're not getting any. But actually, the nettles start to do their work because a few seconds later, she's like, okay. And as they are getting it on, we hear, per Netflix, ominous music. More ominous music. And we hear frogs croaking and a train crossing signal. And then we see Shirley sitting up all creepily in her bed. Yeah, it. I have, the lighting is so dark, I have no idea what is happening. Because I hate that. <laughs> I hate that. And then I was like, I know. why does she need a fertility offering? She's already pregnant. She's pregnant. How many babies you want? She did, she, it's not a litter of kittens. We don't need any more up in there. Anyway, Fred and Stanley are now arguing about how to teach his class. And they're arguing because um, Fred kind of wants to take over and take on a couple of the classes and Stanley doesn't want him to. And Rose is standing in the kitchen just rolling an egg on the table and then letting them drop on the floor, as one does. Yeah, I, I, don't, sure. mm, I don't know. Maybe they had too many and, yeah, I don't know. So Stanley starts to bitch to Shirley about Fred. He's like, he has had everything handed to him. He's Ivy League education. It's perfect teeth. And we were always outsiders. These entitled pricks think they need the world handed to them. And Shirley's like, just give him the lecture. What's the big deal? And Stan's like, his dissertation is mediocre. And she's like, you didn't read it. He said, he said, I didn't need to. <laughs> and she's like, well, just tell him no. Over my dead body, will that boy get tenure? She says, give him enough rope and he will hang himself. And Stanley says, you're getting on well with wifey. You're spitting. And she says, I don't smoke. <laughs> I was like, yes. I love that part. <laughs> then there's a bunch of little bits and pieces. Um, yeah, this part is all over the place. Rose is staring herself in the mirror and comparing herself to the missing person flyer. Mm-hmm. The story has changed to now that it's Paulo is meeting a girl in the woods, like a girlfriend, yes. and they're running in the woods. So Shirley's exploring that aspect. 
And then Stanley is at his lecture hall, but the class is filled with all young women waiting for Professor Fred to come and teach. And he's not liking that because all of a sudden he's got competition for all the girls that want to be with him because he's gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they return home to the ladies getting the table ready for dinner. And it seems like they are celebrating Fred's first lecture. Stanley is like, out of 1 to 10, Stanley's like on an 11 about how well it went. And Fred's just like, well, yeah, I did okay. He offers to get Rose a drink. Again, what's a little cocktail when you're pregnant? Maybe there was no Surgeon General back it, then. It was okay back then. And they actually told you to smoke when you were pregnant back then to keep your figure. So Wow. Yeah, because, you know, okay. small babies, because they've got so many health issues. But what else? Yeah, well, okay. So Stanley is having a good old time. He's dancing and singing. And maybe he started having his cocktails a little bit earlier than everybody else. So he starts to dance with Rose. And then he dips her. And they kind of pause there for a second. And then he plants one on her. And instead of slapping him like I would have, she just giggles. Oh, Stanley, you're so silly. So at dinner, Stanley says that he has been reading Fred's dissertation. And he describes it as derivative and fred is very much offended says he spent years and years and hundreds of hours of research on it and i was just like same fred same (laughs) i get it but i also have never begged anyone to read my dissertations absolutely no one ever read my dissertation okay thanks but anyway fred is really hurt by this and Shirley tries to calm him down a little, saying, look, you're not the first to hear this lecture. While Stanley is droning on about originality, Rose interrupts him and says, and your work is so original? And Stanley's face was this, like, to die for. He says, well, I didn't say it it is, but a lot of people have. (laughs) And then Stanley goes in for the kill by suggesting maybe you should teach at the high school level. Yes. That's that's a burn for somebody who has worked so hard to get where he is. And Rose and Fred at that point are just fed up. They get up from the table and Stanley and Shirley are sitting at the table and she's like, oh, come on, it couldn't have been that bad. And he says, if it was awful, it would have been exciting, but terrifically competent there's no excuse for that he's insulted by mediocrity he said he was insulted by mediocrity so he wants doesn't want him to be good he wants him to be fantastic is what what he's saying but i think it's jealousy and i just love that shirley is is tickled Mm -hmm. beyond tickled through this whole thing she loves stan giving it to fred and this awkwardness she's just eating it up so i thought fred was super pissed off but he comes back in with a bottle of wine then they're talking about the faculty party coming up, and he's he's super excited about that because maybe I can talk about my work with the dean there. And Shirley says, oh, I'll make an appearance. And you can tell Stanley's like, or not. It would be <laughs> fine if not, really. Not necessary at all, Shirley. I have highlighted in my notes is when they first come home and Stanley's like, he was a triumph. And he makes the point to say, had all the gals eating out of the palm of his hand. And it was very pointed to Rose, like, Mm -hmm. he's going to cheat on you. He's got all these women that are into him, and just so you know. And he's we'll go and discuss it at the Dean's party. They are at a standoff of Shirley is coming to that party. And come Mm -hmm. hell or high water. And Stanley's like, oh, no, 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 you're too sick. You don't want to go. It's going to be so boring. They're terrible people. You hate all the terrible people. And she's like, no, I'm going. There's no way around this. Poor Fred. They're up going to bed. And now Fred's the one going, I want to get a new apartment. I don't want to be here anymore. Stanley's holding me back. This is awful. And Rose says, even if you get a new job, we'd still have to see them all the time. And he's like, what happened? First, you wanted to go and I want to stay. Now I want to go. You don't want to, you want to stay. He's like, this is about Shirley. She relies on you. You have secret looks together. And Rose's like, no, she's my friend. Fred says, women like Shirley don't have friends. That's kind of true. But then they cut to Shirley's writing when Stanley wanders in and he says, if we are to be treated to a scene, I for one would like to be forewarned. And he's talking about her coming to the party. And she's like, I'm not one for dramatics. She's like, who, me? What? Yeah. And then she just comes back with, I'm going to the party. Stanley says, well, that would require you leaving the house. and You can't seem to manage that. I have in there, bitch, I said I'm going. Because that's pretty much what she comes back with. Yep, I am going to that 
party. So Rose is trying to help Shirley leave the house and Shirley is not having a great time trying to leave the house. She's getting dizzy and the world is too big so she's falling and she's leaning on Rose as they walk to the car and then they are leaving the house because they are shopping for something for Shirley to wear to this party. And Shirley's gained some weight and Shirley is me in every dressing room ever. Nothing fits and she's crying. Rose is like, come on out, show me what it looks like. And I was like, shut up and just go away. She brings in her uh, this bright yellow skirt and says, here, try this on. And she helps her into a skirt and it's not great, but it fits. So that's where we are. So then they're back home and Shirley's back in bed and she's talking her story out loud to Rose and she's like, do you think Paula killed herself? Is that why she was in the woods? Rose lays down next to her and Shirley's very motherly all of a sudden. She smooths her hair and puts her hand on Rose's belly and she says, let's pray for a boy. The world is too cruel to girls. And then Rose reaches down and they just kind of hold hands on her belly. And I was like, oh, that was sweet. Shirley. Okay, so. Things get weird. Things get real weird. Yeah. This things take a turn, you guys. We are outside with Rose question mark. Yeah. Um, and she is planting flowers and smoking a cigarette. She's a woman of many talents. And again we hear the voiceover of Shirley who is continuing to work on her book. So it's like a scene of the book and it's kinda of overlaid with this weird shit that Rose is doing and she is rubbing all over this dirt and then she's laying on top of it and then we hear Shirley and she is talking about how Paula wanted to tell her friend all of her thoughts and then she would be free and now all of a sudden Shirley is at the front door and then she is walking outside Cut to her sitting on the porch swing when Rose walks up to the house with a bag of groceries. Rose seems very surprised to see Shirley outside. And Shirley tells her, you're hiding something, which Rose denies. They make some googly eyes at each other for a few seconds. And Shirley is swinging on the swing such that each time she goes out, her leg grazes against Rose's leg. And Rose is into it and basically jumps into Shirley's lap. So that happened. Anyway. And then there's nothing else. It's just like, next scene. And you're like, but wait. Like, I don't know if they made out. I don't know if they did something. I don't know if they both, um, if somebody was imagining it. It's very weird. It's never clear. Yeah. Because the next thing is the, like, most awkward dinner well, I mean, there'll be another awkward dinner. This is a pretty awkward one, too. Many, many awkward dinners in here. And Rose is stealing glances at Shirley, and then they pan down, and you can see that Shirley is running her leg up Rose's. Shirley says, such a rare thing to find someone who doesn't only feed you, but anticipates your needs day after day, to sate your hunger, and leaves you feeling fulfilled. And she's talking about Rose. And Stanley says, yes, it's rare. And Rose is like, I'm suddenly very tired. Fred, you better put your wife to bed before she faints. And Stanley's just watching this all. He's seen this before. He's seen her act like this before. And he's like, what are you up to? You're unusually cheerful. So uh, what becomes of your heroine? Shirley replies, what happens to all us girls? They go mad. Is she talking about Paula or is she talking about herself? Or is she talking about Rose? Is she like intentionally trying to drive Mm -hmm. Rose crazy? I think that Shirley is a manipulative bitch and that would not be beyond the scope of things I could see her doing. Yeah. So it's the night of the party, y'all. We're at the Dean's house. It's lit up in here. And as promised, Shirley has come. And I love every second of it because she is sitting on the couch with her cocktail. And she is silently judging all these pretentious assholes. Rose is standing behind her basically doing the same thing. And the Dean and his wife approach Shirley, which Shirley can't really be bothered by them but whatever the the wife that dean's wife um caroline carolyn takes rose and she's like come on we'll go meet all the other faculty wives which sounds like a nightmare to me but okay so the dean is sitting next to shirley and he's going on and on about how fucked up her stories are well he says they're not stories he calls them prophecies yeah weird i feel like that was something intentional that meant something but I, I i never figured out what it was again i thought we were going a certain direction with this and then we we didn't but the music starts and uh, stanley is tearing up the dance floor while shirley refills her drink and perfects her resting bitch face and suddenly she 
sees Paula, the missing girl, in her red coat, smoking a cigarette and flinging these finger sandwiches onto the floor. So Shirley, I think, is either having a mental break where like her book and reality are or merging, or she's actually just kind of imagining how Paula would act in these situations to kind of mold what direction her book is going to go. Yeah, and she doesn't even know this girl, so she's just imagining how this girl would be. And I have the, but it's funny, is that she's throwing these sandwiches on the floor, and then the next thing, they show her stuffing her face with what looks like those god-awful Lofthouse cookies, and I was like, they oh. had those back then? Those deceiving globs of grossness? Did they taste like glue back then, too? I just have to know. Because <laughs> it was the white cookie with the big pink frosting. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they're gross. Oh, they're they're awful. They're horrible. Anyhow. That's not a cookie. Anywho, Rose starts looking around for Fred. And Shirley has now helped herself to an entire bottle of wine <laughs> while Stanley is parading around the room and calling it dancing. Rose is outside looking for Fred. And again, we hear a voiceover of Shirley writing the novel, talking about how uh, something bad had happened to Paula when she first came to the school, but she didn't have any friends, I guess, to tell what had happened to. But now that she's found a friend, she's afraid again. So it's again kind of like this this story about Paula, but intertwined with what's happening with Rose. I don't... I, and I, I, I really, have so really ma- try. I have so many questions about this party. Like, why is there a fire outside? Why are they all wearing masks on the backside yes. of their heads? Yes. Yeah, it's all of a sudden like a masquerade ball. And where the fuck is Fred? We never find Fred. Where the hell is Fred? Oh, you know where Fred was. I know where, you know Fred, where Fred was. was. But Asshole. she never finds Fred. I love, right no. at the beginning, I, I know there's more to this scene, but I have to go back because it's the, be- it's the best clap back ever, is Dean wifey cheater lady says to Shirley who's sitting so uncomfortable in this bright yellow skirt that doesn't fit. She's like, what a lovely skirt you have. Because everybody else is dressed in these dresses. And yeah. Shirley comes back with, lovely. What a lovely insouciant tone you have. And I was like, oh. Yes, it's, I had to look up insouciant. I had to. I did not know what it I didn't. I had to look it up and make sure I spelled it right. And I was like, oh, Shirley, you get her, girl. Yeah. But, so while Rose is outside looking for Fred and the weird masked fire people, Shirley is sitting alone on the couch very unladylike. She's got legs spread and she's just uncomfortable in the skirt and she's thinking about Paula and all of a sudden she just takes this bottle of red wine and starts pouring it all over the couch and all over her bright yellow skirt. And at that moment little wifey comes in and starts screaming No! What are you doing? Stop it! And Shirley's just taking it and just like rubbing her hand to knock the 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 wine all over the couch and she's like Don't rub! Dab! <laughs> but... <laughs> Shirley kind of slides on the floor and she grabs Carolyn, Caroline's face, and just grabs it. And Shirley says, you'd bore him in a week. Carolyn says, I, I would comfort him. Shirley says, he is an expert at finding a willing pair of legs to open wide. Yeesh. And Carolyn says, you'd die without him. That's the only reason he stays. And for some reason, Shirley grabs onto Carolyn's arm, grabs her wrist, and just taps real hard on her wrist. Yeah, I didn't get that. And then I didn't understand what that's about. Everybody thinks she's a witch, so I was like, maybe that she was trying to make her think she was putting some kind of hex on her, because it scares the shit out of her. I thought, like, she was like, it's right where, like, you would cut your wrist. Like, I don't know if she was like, are you alive? Well, or take a pulse. Yeah. Too. And she just snaps her at her and... Caroline freaks out, recoils, and runs. And Shirley is invigorated. She is like, "Woo! I got her. I robbed wine all over her shit. And Rose walks in and she's like, Shirley, what are you doing? Why are you sitting on the floor covered in wine? And Shirley's like, just take me home. Stanley watches the two of them leave, but where's Fred? 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 Where's Fred? Fred? Hey, Fred. Oh, no, Fred. Okay, cool. You don't know where Fred is. Okay. Well... Then there's like a big leap forward here. Yeah, Yeah, this is a huge, huge time jump, at least six months, I would say. So we see Rose in the bedroom and she's getting a crib ready for the baby. And I thought maybe she was getting the crib ready for when the baby comes, but the baby's here, y'all. Yeah. The baby is probably about six months old and the baby cries a lot. It's a girl, by the way. It's a girl. And it is a girl. So whatever they prayed for with the hands on the belly didn't work rose and fred are fighting rose says well you're never there and stanley is just sitting on the swing listening to the show 
And we see scenes kind of cutting back and forth between Fred giving a lecture, Rose with the baby, Fred and Rose are having sex. Now Stanley is banging on the office with a drink in hand for Shirley and talking about how she has worked through dinner again. So clearly over these last few months, Shirley's been putting a lot of work into her novel and this seems to be a regular occurrence where she's working and not coming down to dinner, which annoys him because he says he's eating dinner alone because the kids, meaning Fred and Rose, I mean, they're new parents, so they're tired. They're in bed early. He doesn't have anybody to hang out with him. And she still won't let him read the book, although she does kind of let it slip but not really slip because she wants him to know that Rose has read it and she doesn't really know actually if she will be able to finish it because she doesn't know how to end it and Stanley says that's because this isn't your typical genre that you write and you didn't even know this girl she was nothing and Shirley goes off on him about that and he just replies so you think it might be that good? Because she's so offended when he says something about this main character that he's like, oh, so this is this is something really good. And she just smiles because she knows that it is. I think she's being sarcastic. I don't think she's let Rose read it. He said, has the wifey read it? And she's like, of course, we sit by the fire and she gives me line edits. No, she doesn't. There's no way that she's let her read it. No way. She knows and Stanley knows like this girl's too stupid to give me line edit. She hasn't read it. That's what I got out of it. Well, maybe. I love that Stanley's like talking about you don't know this girl. And she was like, there are dozens of lonely girls on campuses across the country who want people to see them. Do not tell me I don't know this girl. And she, that's when it's like, you think it'll be that good? And she's like, get out! And they giggle. Fred comes home and he's rubbing up on Rose and she's mad that he didn't come home until late and he's, and it's the next morning and he still smells like gin. And he's like, oh, by the way, Stanley found us a place. And Rose's like, what? And he says, we get to move in a week. So once again, we're back at Rose peering at Shirley, who is writing in bed. And Rose is laying on the floor for some reason. Next thing you know, she's sneaking into the kitchen behind Shirley, who is once again with her head in the fridge. And Rose is like, um, Shirley. What are you trying to say? Yeah. What are you trying to say, Tiffany? <laughs> She's just in the fridge a lot. And Rose is like, Shirley's my friend. Shirley would never kick us out. This is a Stanley thing. And she's like, Stanley's kicking us out. And Shirley's like, yeah. Don't you have anything sweet to eat? <laughs> like, I don't give a shit, honey. Get out of my house. I'm, I'm done with you. Then this, ugh, oh, Rose. So desperate. So desperate. So we're in Rose and Fred's room and Rose is holding the baby and she's reading a library book and she looks at the the little checkout card. What do they call those? I don't remember what they call them anymore. I just said checkout slip and then I was like, listen up, youths of America. Once upon a time, you used to have to write your name on these little slips and when you checked out a book and then you put it in a little pouch in the book and then the next person that got the book would write their name on the little line and then put it in the pouch in the book and you can probably google that (laughs) and get a little education on how the world used to be so this is also back when everybody wrote everything in pencil so rose has this bright idea she decides to erase the last name that was on the library slip and she writes in paula's name and then puts her name underneath it like Oh, Paula had checked out this book at one time. Rose calls for Shirley because the baby is crying and she can't calm the baby. And I was like, why of all people would you call Shirley to help with anything? <laughs> yeah, very motherly. I'm like, she's the worst. creature, Shirley. Because Shirley comes in and she's like, what? What do you want? And she just <laughs> hands her the baby and she, and you know, Shirley's just kind of bouncing her for a minute. And Rose is like, oh, could you hand me that library book? It's over there. And Shirley picks it up, looks at the little library slip that's in it. And Rose is waiting for this big reveal. Like, oh, Shirley's going to be so excited that I found this uh-huh. this this clue to Paula. Shirley just looks at it, picks the library card up, rips it in half, and then eats it. <laughs> and Rose just looks like, oh, <laughs> well, that didn't work. And Sh- Shirley's like, I know who my husband is screwing. I don't know if Rose is trying to say like maybe the librarian was involved. This is a, a screw you to everybody. She says that this book was on. Stanley's syllabus. Oh. And so I think she was trying to plant the seed that maybe Stanley and Paula were a thing, mm, like right it. before she disappeared. Yeah. But Shirley's, Shirley, like, Shirley's not stupid. Shirley's she's shutting like, that down. Yeah. She's like, I know who my husband is screwing. Do you know who yours is? And Rose is like, Fred has. I don't know what you're talking about. Silly. And Shirley's like, um, by the way, there's no such thing as the Shakespeare Society. It's just what? how the. <laughs> <laughs> it's just how the girls pick which professors they're going to fuck. 
and Shirley goes and locks herself in the room with Stanley, and Rose is out of her mind, pounding on the door. Mm -hmm. Shirley, you knew this whole time. Why didn't you tell me six months ago? I trusted you! (sighs) Meanwhile, Shirley and Stanley are just like, (laughs) They're like, (laughs) we drove them crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Wasn't this fun, dear? (sighs) Gross. Uh, Okay, so we cut to Rose pushing this baby carriage like, it's a race down this like bumpy sidewalk. I'm like, oh lord, poor baby. And she is trying to catch up with Fred on campus. And she's like, uh, how many times? And he obviously knows she's on to him. He's like, oh, let's just talk about this at home. For some reason, instead of pushing the baby carriage away, she just picks up the baby and storms away and just gonna leave that stroller in the middle of campus. Yeah, it was so, an expensive okay. stroller. I just, but I love that she says, I didn't I, know. I didn't wash Stanley's underwear for a year, so you could go off and dot dot dot. Like mm, mm, Yeah, that poor Rose. Okay. This part I'm gonna do my best. So we are flashing between Paula walking in the woods and Rose walking down the road with the baby. Right. Shirley pulls up beside her who i guess has gotten over her fear of leaving the house because now she's just driving around right and she insists that she gets in the car shirley says i'll take you anywhere you want rose wants to go to the trailhead which is the last place that paula was known to be before she disappeared so they get to the trailhead and she hands shirley the baby And then she just goes running off down the trail, as one does. And Shirley's following her, holding the baby. She's trying to catch up to her. And she finds her standing on the edge of a cliff. And she's trying to get her to step back. Okay. And... Okay. I, I have I'm, I'm trying I have are there cliffs in Vermont question mark and the music that's playing right now I swear is from Frozen 2 or Moana that's, ah, ah, ah. I was like I don't know they stole your music guys I think you should tell somebody okay so put a pin in that Shirley and Rose on a cliff back the house now we see Fred and Rose packing up the car and leaving and Fred says you'll feel better in no time and Rose says, well, I feel fine now, actually. And he says, soon everything will be back to normal. And Rose says, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going back to that little wifey, little Rosie. That was madness. So, okay. I don't know if, th- well, this obviously happened. Like, I feel like this, this is reality. They're leaving the house and Rose has had enough of Fred's shit and... She's not going to be the the wait-on-you kind of wife that he expected out of her and how she's been treated for the last year. But we cut back to Rose at the cliff, and Shirley's standing next to her, and she turns to look at Rose, and suddenly it's Paula in her red coat, and then it's just Shirley standing alone at the cliff, and then we're back to Rose and Fred pulling away in the car. And I, I don't get it. I don't. Well, like she says when she's on that, when she's on the cliff, she's like. Do you think that part really happened? Did Did Rose really go? I don't know. Because she's like, well, she's like, it was right. It doesn't take any energy at all. It's just a hop. Just slide your right foot forward, and it can all be over. But I don't know if this scene ever actually happened in real life or if it was Shirley thinking about killing herself if it was Paula and Shirley having this conversation I don't know or 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 did she actually jump off the cliff and this whole scene with her and Fred packing up the house never happened like Ah. I don't know and it's never laid out clear and that, I mean, as they're driving away, Shirley's just watching from the upstairs window. So is this all a figment of Shirley's mind? Yes. Was any of this real? Was this something Shirley created so that she could get into the mind of of a young college girl who, who was lost, not only literally lost, but lost, like in her life? Lost. Yeah. And yeah. did she drive her to madness? Did she drive her to jump off this cliff? Did she just drive her away? I don't know. Shirley's doing a lot of driving for a lady that doesn't leave the house. It's yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> then the next thing you know is that it's dinner alone. It's just Shirley. She seems very unsettled and she's staring at the camera and her eyes are a little watery. And we see that Stanley is reading her story in the next room. He gets up and he comes to dinner and he sighs just over and over. It's so dramatic sighing. Shut up, Stanley. <laughs> 
And then finally he's like, your book is brilliant, darling. Fucking gorgeous. I don't know how you did it. I have a few notes, of course. Ugh, of course you do. And she's like, of course. And he's like, this is going to be the one. Don't lose sight of that. And she says, it hurts. This one. It hurts more than the others. He's like, but you've done it, my horrifically talented bride. And then they get up and they dance together. And that's the end. And all I've got in the end of this is what the fuck just happened? Because I don't know what the fuck yeah, just I, happened. I don't. Literally in my notes, I said, what the fuck was this movie even about? What I don't, was it about? I don't know if Fred and Rose ever even existed. I don't know. That is what I was just getting ready to ask. My only, the only thing that makes me think that they did, but maybe not in the capacity that Shirley is imagining them. Maybe they don't actually stay in the house. Maybe Stanley actually does have a TA named Fred and she just knows about it because he comes home and talks about him. But maybe they never even stayed at the house. And you know, when Rose is at the party, I I don't know, she's looking for Fred and he's all of a sudden gone because is there a Fred? <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to swing with that they did exist and that getting into Paula's head required her to get into Rose's head. And she had to burrow yeah. herself in there and create all this drama where there didn't need to be drama. I don't think for a second that Fred wasn't cheating on Rose. I I think he was. I think he's a dirtbag. I do too. But mm-hmm. I don't think that Rose was as insane until Shirley got her little clutches into her. So yes, I don't know. I don't. But I I am horribly struck on whether she actually jumped off that cliff or not. I don't. I don't know. I couldn't figure out that scene at all because then Shirley's standing alone and there's no baby it's yeah. like she's not holding the baby yeah. so I'm like where the heck did the baby go so then it made Where's me wonder baby? if it was that was just was Shirley was thinking about killing herself or was Shirley saying goodbye to Paula in that way that Paula that that character jumped off the cliff and is no longer in her psyche like ruining with I mean Shirley seems to have her shit together by the end of the movie, so I don't know. Or maybe she's saying goodbye to Rose and Paula at that point because she's done with the book and Rose is back at the house packing up. Right. So maybe Rose and Shirley were never at that cliff together, but it was just Shirley. Yeah. And that's how she ended the relationship with Paula and Rose in her mind because she, I don't think she said goodbye to Rose because she's up in the window just watching. So maybe that was her way of dealing with that relationship ending yeah and i don't know were they lovers were they what the fuck this this movie i don't know i don't know i'm judging you so hard right now for choosing elizabeth moss i have questions please reach out to me we will talk (laughs) i don't understand so oh my gosh i apologize i apologize for this movie (laughs) i I apologize because don't be fooled by that trailer y'all that was it was not what it was meant to be. I haven't watched it, but obviously I will, so I can put it in here. But I can see how they would set it up to be what I thought it was going to be about. How she writes this book, and then in the process she discovers that her husband is the one who's responsible for this girl going missing. And and maybe for multiple girls going missing. And that is where I thought that we were heading. But I should have known because it's a biopic, and that's not actually what happened in Shirley Jackson's life. Shirley Jackson actually had four kids with her husband in real life, but they presented her in this way in this movie because they wanted to create this dichotomy between Rose, the good wife, the mother, blah, 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 and then Shirley, the drunk with a man who can't stand her. So I think that's why they did it that way. Her poor kids. Her poor kids. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine? I hope they had a nanny because Shirley was so nice. (laughs) You know they had a nanny. Come on. They like hired Rose. Come on, Rose, come back and take care of my kids now. I don't know about Rose's motherly instinct either, because the way she's like bobbing that baby up and down on her on her leg and on her hip, she's just like, God, shut up. Quick, I know. I, I mean, I've been there. Where do you think Fred and Rose are now? I mean, you, I don't think they lasted another six months. I don't... Oh, hell no. I think she no. she went back to his, her family and he went back to screwing everybody in town, so... Yep, and he burned his bridges with his own family, so I hope you're alone forever, Fred. You think Piece you're alone? Oh, I think we're alone. No. You're so thing. Yeah, that's a good one. So, anywho, that was Shirley... Sorry, everybody. We'll do better on the next one. <laughs> but I'd love to hear your thoughts. You'd love to hear your thoughts on how much you hated this movie. Okay. Or can you give us some insight? If you are um, understood what was happening, shoot us an email at that's original podcast at gmail.com and let us know. You could also go over to Instagram and you could send me a message and be like, Kelly, 
obviously it was XYZ. And I would really super appreciate it if you would explain this movie to me. We are also on Twitter at That's So Pod. Is that what we I think so. Yep. I think so. At That's So Pod. And you could tweet at me and you could say, yes, you guys nailed it with your biting commentary of this yeah or or you guys are idiots and obviously it was this and that you know what else you could do you could find us on facebook at that's original podcast you could just search that find our facebook page and enlighten us there so many places that you can get in touch with us it's really ridiculous that you haven't yeah by now it's taking you so damn perfectly honest i mean stop being so standoffish already jeez what is wrong with you like you're so busy (laughs) okay but also you could rate and review and like and subscribe and whatever the buzzwords are for each of these individual podcast platforms and we would love you forever and i won't be mad that you haven't sent me any messages on those other places at all you can message me too i mean but just let us know i mean especially if you don't agree with what kelly said just you know (laughs) let me know (laughs) okay so i don't know that we've decided what we're doing next time we're gonna do we keep saying we're gonna do something lighter and we haven't yet so we're gonna we're gonna do something we promise we're gonna find something something lighter maybe a fun series yeah. that we can rip apart again like the center again if you have any suggestions we are open to those as well yes and that's gonna do it for us today so we will be talking around your area next time bye bye bye